lose the spoon. Do you remember those commercials? Mm-mm. They were like... I don't. <laughs> they were the commercials when Go-Gurt was first a thing, and it was just like... I loved go Like, some kids were, like, eating yogurt, but they wanted to go skateboarding, and they couldn't do both. <laughs> you know that problem everybody has <laughs> and then like a cool like tubular kid with like long hair and a help would like come riding past on a skateboard like <laughs> eating gogurt from a gogurt tube while skateboarding and then he would throw them each a gogurt tube and he'd yell lose the spoon Welcome back to You Know What I've Been Wondering. I'm Sarah. I'm Jane. Here we are. Back, we're back in New York now. Yes. Back in Brooklyn. Back, back where to it Brooklyn. all began. Is that a movie? Is back that like to a, Brooklyn. Or a, or a I mean, there's a movie earlier. called Brooklyn. Oh, that's such a good movie. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> um, kind of. It was on a. It was playing on a bus that I was on once, but I. Oh, it's really. Good. I didn't you have really headphones, like so I couldn't hear the audio of it. You would like it. You know who's in it? Sasha, Sir Sharonin, and Homer. <gasps> I'm pretty sure it's him. Yeah, yeah, it's Homer. I know I, it's very good. You would like it a lot. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to crack my knuckles into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that did it for somebody. <laughs> You're welcome for the moment of ASMR for someone that likes knuckle cracking. Wow. Jane, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, I have off this week and I don't really have any plans. So I'm going to get a lot done around the apartment. I didn't really do any of it today, but. Wow. Well, you have a big week ahead yeah. of you. How about you, Sarah? How are you? <laughs> I'm really good. You're, <laughs> you're always so like, Mike's, Mike's pointed eye contact and acts. And here's the moment that I ask you how you are. <laughs> you're so good at it now. Um, I'm really good. I'm in a little bit of a moral dilemma because after we're done this, I have two options. I could do the responsible thing and I could mm-hmm. edit last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Or I could finish the OA part two. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like... <laughs> I think it might be the OA. <laughs> How much more do you have to go? I have two episodes left. So the last thing... Okay, so here, I'll cut this out. No spoilers. All right. It's fine. I mean, today's Monday. You still have a couple days. You have Tuesday. I mean, <laughs> I have Tuesday. <laughs> One day. <laughs> One I have, day. I have tomorrow after I work a full... Nine to five shift, but sure. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. Please tell me what the Mandela oh, okay, effect okay, is. Okay, 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 okay. Because I, you keep saying like, oh, Mandela effect. And I'm like, I literally don't know what you mean. Okay. So the Mandela effect is what happens when someone has a clear memory of something that never happened in this reality. Uh, uh, oh. Mm-hmm. That's it, not what I thought it was. No. It's powerful memories that don't match recorded history. Two things could make these memories powerful. Either an individual having certainty about the memory, just being absolutely certain that something happened, or a group of people having a collective memory that never happened. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little timeline. Please. So there's this woman named Fiona Broom, and she's an author, researcher, and paranormal consultant. Okay. 
Um, she's been a consultant on multiple paranormal TV shows. She's been a star on them. Oh. Um, she's a researcher in paranormal areas. Um, and from 2006 to 2010, she was a celebrity guest speaker at this convention called Dragon Con, which <laughs> sounds like I need to go. I want to go to that. <laughs> Do they still have it? I don't know. She said it's the second most popular science fiction convention in America, so... What's the first? Comic-Con. Comic-Con's a science fiction convention? Well, I mean, no, but it has... Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, that's great. Um, Wow, Dragon Con. Yeah. I can't wait. (laughs) Typically, her research centers around the study of ghosts, and that's the area that she has ultimately chosen to focus on for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. Um, But her career was kind of derailed in 2009 for about six years until about 2015. Because she had to focus specifically on the Mandela effect for those years. Why did she have to? Well, she didn't have to, but... But it was like, I was forced. <laughs> it's where her life took her. Gotcha. And then she made the decision to, like, get away from that in 2015. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> in 2009, I wrote, her career took a drastic turn when she oh. coined the term Mandela effect. And created the website MandelaEffect.com. While she was at DragonCon in 2009, before she was scheduled to speak, she was in the green room with all of the other speakers. And they were joking around about strange things they had experienced in connection to their work. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all speakers at a sci-fi convention. She... I love that they had to specify in connection to their work. Like, not just, like, weird stuff. <laughs> like, they weren't just like, oh, this one time I... <laughs> <laughs> so, like, paranormal stuff. Yeah. And they were specifically talking about things that their fans had come up to them and said had happened to them. So, they're like, oh, oh here's these crazy things that my fans have happened. And Very then cool. the head of security at Dragon Con, who his only name is Shadow... Oh, <laughs> Shadow is the head of security at DragonCon? Yeah. How do I get an alias like that? That really sounds like a Game of Thrones character. It like, really There's does. the mountain and then there's Shadow. One is strength, <gasps> but one is sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he was listening to their discussion and he pipes in and he says, This conversation reminds me of people who remember Nelson Mandela dying decades ago. And... They asked him what he meant, and he elaborated that there were a bunch of people in the world who, for some reason, have a memory of Nelson Mandela dying in a South African prison many years ago. And this, of course, is untrue, because this conversation happened in 2009, and he lived until 2013, and, yeah, of course, famously say, got died, out of prison and was elected lifetime. president. Yeah. Um, but Fiona Broom was struck by this comment because she immediately was like, I remember that. Like, I know, obviously, Nelson Mandela is still alive. In 2009, he was still alive. Yeah. But I have a memory of hearing the news report that he had been killed in prison. (gasps) This is juicy. I know, I know. And a bunch of people around the room were like, oh, wait, like, I remember that, too. (gasps) And so they began to have this long discussion about things that they specifically remember that they know factually never happened. And they coined the term Mandela effect just to refer to people who remember Nelson Mandela dying years ago. But that's really all it meant. And she was talking about this like a week or so later with one of her book editors. And they suggested that she make a website about the Mandela effect and see if people would send in 
um, other stories related yeah. to that or see what their reactions to it were, if they had the same memory, mm-hmm. um, just to study this phenomenon. Why do people have this memory? Like, just to get to the bottom of this experience. And then from 2010 to 2014, um, tens of thousands of people wrote into this website. Oh, my God. I know. Um, a lot reporting memories about Nelson Mandela's quote-unquote death. A lot of people having specific memories about articles they read about his funeral that other people corroborated. They're like, yeah, I remember that too. And all of these things. But a lot of people oh talked about other things that they remembered that they know specifically didn't happen. Um, the three most popular Mandela effects are obviously the Nelson Mandela thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Berenstain Bears. Have you heard of this? Oh, yeah, that it's really the Berenstain Bears. Which, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> You literally lied to me. Everyone, not everyone, but so many people distinctly remember it being Berenstein with an E. That's what I remember, too. But one person wrote in that they were like a researcher at the Library of Congress, and they went through years and years and years trying to find a single copy of a Berenstein Bears book that maybe had an E in it to be like, um, they changed it at some point. And that's why we remember it wrong. Yeah. No, it's never been E. It's always been A. That's so weird. It's always That's been... so weird. Oh I know. my gosh. I remember Berenstein too. I know. And the third most popular one, um, was Billy Graham. Have you heard of him? No. Um, he's, he was a prominent American evangelical figure. Uh, he passed away last year in February of 2018, but that's not how a lot of people remember it. Uh, Fiona Broom, the founder of the website, mm-hmm. um, wrote that her specific memory um, was that he died within weeks or within a month or two most of um, Ted Kennedy's death. Oh. Yeah. And she's so sure of this because she remembers finding out and it being warm in New England. And she recalls specifically that when she was watching Ted Kennedy's funeral on television, she noticed that every channel was playing it. It was uninterrupted. There was no commercials. It was all-day coverage. And she specifically thought, huh, there was a lot of other shows going, like, being shown right up until the beginning of um, Billy Graham's funeral and then shown right after. So I guess this must be the new protocol for when big people pass away and the funeral's televised. I guess this is now the new way we do it. Like, she specifically remembers exactly how it happened on television. And then she got in a fight with a close friend a couple days later because a couple days later of writing, of hearing that this was a Mandela effect, because she was telling her friends, like, and did you know that Billy Graham is still alive? And her friend, like, yelled at her and was like, no, he's not. Get out of here. Oh, my gosh. And all of the comments, because this was posted before 2018, before he actually passed away. Right. Um, All of the comments that I was reading on MandelaEffect.com were people being like, wait, what? Billy Graham's still alive? No, he died. I remember him dying. That's so weird. And one person, this was the creepiest one to me. One person wrote in that when they read other people saying that Billy Graham was in fact still alive, he went, what? No, he passed away. And then he said to his mother, who was in the next room, hey, mom, Billy Graham's dead, right? And she replied, yeah, he passed away from Alzheimer's. And then he yelled back to her like, well, apparently not. Apparently he's still alive. And she went, Oh, I guess he must have just been hospitalized, and that's what I remember. And then they, like, went about their day. But that's that was so haunting to me for some reason that she was just like, no, I'm sure I have a memory of him having 
a health crisis of some sort i thought he passed away this is wild because now i'm like searching through my brain to like think if i have any mandela effects like things that i'm sure happened and now i'm like did it happen i have a i'm gonna go through some examples in a bit and i some of them i'm like get out of here oh my god um I'm sure I've had a celebrity who I really thought was dead, and then it turned out they were alive. There's a lot. That's what most of the Mandela effects are, people remembering specific celebrities passing away when they hadn't yet or are still alive. But the main theory behind Mandela effects as to what they are Mm -hmm. is that the specific memory that we all, that a collective, either one person has that they're sure is true that's not true or that a lot of people share is that in a parallel universe that is what happened and you are for some reason tapping into the memories of yourself from another universe. okay see i buy into that yeah <laughs> i really buy into that and there's a lot of ones that you can maybe be like okay that one is from false reporting or that one's from mm-hmm. uh just you misremembering it or these things but right. a lot of them are like no, I'm sure I'm not misremembering this. In 2015, the Berenstein Bears one went viral. Yeah, I remember that. But it went viral then, and so many people were writing into the website, um, mm-hmm. MandelaFX.com, that <laughs> Fiona Broom decided to disable the comment section oh my God. and move on with her career because it was getting... She only made this website because she wanted to get some feedback from people in order to do research. Right. She did not intend for it to be a global phenomena. Right. And she got really anxious. And I think 2015, the election was pro- was coming up. So it's not, <laughs> she doesn't say anything about that, but she yeah. says that she, there were so many people writing in and it was now becoming this thing that people were believing that she didn't want anyone to use the Mandela effect in order to sway opinion mm. um, for personal or political gain. So I think what she's not saying is that she was worried that people would come out and say that certain facts that are true were untrue and that you're just experiencing a Mandela effect in order to convince people that they're wrong about things that are definitely true. Oh. And like trick people. That's clever. I never thought about that. Which I wouldn't have thought of, but this woman was smart enough to be like, no, yeah. people are going to use this for evil. Yeah, I'm taking it away. Woman, smart woman. Recognize <laughs> there are people out there who will use things for evil. So since then, she's like, I'm spending the rest of my career and I'm talking about ghosts and ghosts alone. No more Mandela effects. <laughs> Good for <anymore>. her. <laughs> so here are some more examples of Mandela effects. Oh boy. I'm like nervous. <laughs> All right. So Henry VIII was painted by Hans Holbein in 1540. As we know. <laughs> yes. There's a famous portrait of him. In the portrait, what are some details about the portrait that you remember? He's fat. Yeah. He has a beard. Yeah. And has like a thin, wispy beard. His hair is reddish. He's wearing a hat, but... Yeah, he's wearing like a big, poofy hat. So, fun fact, this is like kind of a tangent. Um, when I was in high school in 11th grade, I was in a production of Me and My Girl, and there's a scene in Me and My Girl where portraits of the ancestors that are up around the house come to life and do a tap dance. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the tap dancers in the show were someone in a portrait, and I was a tap dancer. But as a reference, like all the portraits looked like famous people, and I was Henry VIII. <laughs> were you holding anything? In the portrait, no. It was, like, too cropped. Okay. Well, is he holding something in that portrait? He's not. But a lot of people swear that he was holding a turkey leg. And then if you, I don't but remember. if you look at the actual painting, he's not. And a lot of people were like, no, that's wrong. I'm sure he had a turkey leg. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, that's so specific. Yeah. 
the canonization of Mother Teresa. Oh. She was not canonized until years after her death. Wasn't she not canonized until the 90s or something like Yeah, that? something like that. But some people remember her being canonized while she was still alive. Okay, this one is going to get you. Oh, I'm sure it will. <laughs> In the song, We Are the Champions by Queen. How does it end? It ends with, of the world. Never has Freddie Mercury sang of the world. It just ends with, we are the champions. No! I I hear it in my head. I hear Freddie Mercury going, of the world. But he doesn't. I read one article that says that he did sing that at one concert, but it wasn't recorded. Stop! Teen! No! I just saw Bohemian Rhapsody! (laughs) Did he sing of the world? I am pulling it up right now. We can't put it on the air because it's copyrighted, but I am pulling it up. Okay, so to reiterate what just happened, because we can't play any of that on air. So I just looked it up. I just played We Are the Champions. And in the Live Aid concert version, which is on the Bohemian Rhapsody movie soundtrack, but it's not Rami Malek singing, it is Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Um, and they used all the real songs. He does say of the world. So maybe it's that he sang it at Live Aid, which is like. I think maybe the cause of that is that I don't think the Live Aid recording was the one that was listened to for a really long time. I don't think they released the Live Aid recording out into the world. So that was what that one was, though. I that, I have heard that one with this one before. Some people being like, yeah, he said of the world at one concert. But only the people who were there would have heard that. But I was so sure, like, I could hear it in my head. Like, no, I can hear him yeah. saying that. When you look up the official lyrics, it just ends with, because we are the champions. So I wonder... In another universe, he said, of the world at every performance. So we yeah, all Yeah, when you look up... Oh, wait, hold on. We are, I'm going to look up We Are the Champions Live Aid. Continue. All right. So the next one is, um, a lot of people misremember the details of the Challenger explosion. Um... It happened in 1986, but some people swear it was in 1984. Really? Yeah. All right. And then my next one is the television show is Sex and the City. But a lot of people are sure it was Sex in the City. (laughs) I I was sure it was Sex in the City. No, it's Sex and the City. You know, I feel like I've seen that on a t-shirt before and I'm always like, what? But then I think my brain just changes it to in because I'm just like, no, it's wrong. Cause, well, because you say and kind of fact, which is like sex in the city, you know. Yeah. All right. This next one took me for a loop. So peanut butter, you know, there's that company called Jif. Yeah. You ever heard of Jiffy? Is Jiffy the peanut butter company? No. <laughs> this is what messed with me because I have a specific memory of being... <sighs> eight years old and being across the street at my neighbor's house and getting into an argument with her because her favorite brand of peanut butter was Jif. And I said, no, Jiffy is better. I was sure that there was a brand of peanut butter called Jiffy. And apparently I'm not alone, but apparently there has never existed a brand of peanut butter called Jiffy. I mean, there is, there is. I tried Googling it. Nothing came up. They were like, you mean Jif? Yeah. Jiffy pop was like a, it was like a. Jiffy pop like soda? Okay, there's a line in Heather's the Musical where Are you thinking of Jiffy Lube? No, there's a line in Heather's the Musical where Veronica says to her best friend Martha, you're on Jiffy Pop detail, which I'm pretty sure it was like a type of popcorn. Another thing to Google. Oh, but I was sure Jiffy was a peanut butter. I can see it in my head. It had a blue logo. Oh, I figured out the of the world thing definitively. Okay. 
we are the champions of the world is in the middle of the song. It's not at the end of the song. Oh. So at Live Aid, they didn't sing the full song. Oh. That's why people were always confused because they were like, what? Like, it doesn't end that way, but it's in. it's just in the middle of the song. Okay. I see, I see. Interesting. Okay, well, there's one that I didn't really write down because there wasn't really an explanation. And Jiffy Pop is a popcorn brand. Yeah. Okay. And uh, love you if you want a broom, but you didn't explain this one that well. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people, when it comes to the colors blue and red, mm-hmm. they, like, switch them in their minds. Oh. Uh, particularly in logos. Like, pe- like, the Pepsi logo is one of the bigger Mandela effects because a lot of people swear that the colors are switched in where they are in the logo. It's red on top, blue on the bottom. The top and bottom? I thought it was left and right. Oh, it is It, it is in some of them. It's red on the left, blue on the right. That's what I said first. But that okay. seems But a lot of people right. like, yeah. swear the Pepsi logo was different at some point. But it's red on top, blue at the bottom. And they're like, no, no, no. It was blue on top. Oh, okay. Curious George. Yeah. Doesn't have a tail. What? <laughs> yes, he does. No, he doesn't have a tail. I swear to God, I played I played the Curious George computer <laughs> game growing up, and, I sw- and he had a tail in the computer game. I thought he. I feel like he, did. <laughs> I feel like he held his banana with his tail. Oh my God! That's all right. Here's the big one. Well, not the big one, but another I'm get big comfy. one. Hold on. <laughs> all right. So no, I'm not ready. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Lay, lay it on me. In What's the name of the second Star Wars movie? The Empire Strikes Empire, Back. In Empire Strikes Back. Get out of here, James. The best no, no, one I knew time. that. I literally even oh, when I was Oh, this is going to mess me up because this is my favorite Star Wars movie and you're going to tell me I remember a detail about it wrong. And it's a famous detail, too. What does Darth Vader say to Luke Skywalker? Oh, no, I know this. It's that he says, no, I am your father. Yeah. He never says. He never says. Luke, I am, I am your, your father. father. Yeah. He says, "No, I am your." That's father. one of the most famous misquoted yeah. movie quotes. But some people like, "No, I can hear it." But I'm, I think that's just because someone with an impression did it like that yeah. in a TV show or something. Yeah. There's another Star Wars one. C-3PO has a silver leg. Oh my god! I've literally never noticed. One that. of his legs is silver from the knee down. That's odd. This one is interesting. I had never heard of this. And it also, it happened before we were born. But Mm -hmm. um, in China, there was a protest in Tiananmen Square. Tiananmen Square, yeah. Yeah, on June 5th, 1989. I remember learning about this in Mm -hmm. school. And there are pictures online of this man who's called the Take Man, the Tank Man, or the Unknown Protester. And there are pictures of him because he famously stood in front of a large group of tanks in order to prevent them from you know going to suppress the protest yeah um and a lot of people have a very specific memory of that man then being run over by the tanks in order to go and suppress the protests but apparently there's no historical evidence to back that up there are pictures of him standing in front of tanks right but there's no like video or pictures of him being killed that's crazy does that include people who are in tiananmen square that day no the pictures i don't, they're not in Tiananmen Square. It's, like, on a road on the way there. Oh, gotcha. So it's just, like, road, and then there's, like, trees on the other side. Interesting. Um, And that, okay, Oscar Mayer. Yeah. It's spelled... M-A. It's spelled, like, M-A, isn't it's it? It's spelled M-A-Y-E-R, not M-E-Y-E-R. I, I have heard that one before, and that really messed yeah. me up. Um, I heard about that one around the same time as the Bernstein Bears yeah. one. Yeah. Um, some people remember Leonardo DiCaprio winning an Oscar before he actually did. That's fair. Yeah. Um... <laughs> 
Some people have a memory of Patrick Swayze recovering from his bout of pancreatic cancer that actually killed him. Some people remember him recovering and coming out of the hospital, but if you tell them that he passed away, they'll be like, wait, what? No, he didn't. He recovered. I remember it. A lot of people remember Pikachu, the Pokemon character, having a little black tip on his tail. He doesn't? He does not. (laughs) I'm freaking out. (laughs) Where's my wig? (laughs) I have Let's Go Pikachu. Um, A lot of people remember slightly differing details about the details of Martin Luther King Jr.'s death. Like they remember a different kind of gun being used or some remember it being a bomb, not a gun. I remember it being a... I remember learning that it was a bomb. It's a specific type of gun, but some people remember it being like a handgun. Some people remember it being a bomb. I definitely at one point in my life heard that it was a bomb. In Disney World, a lot of people have a specific memory of entering Disney World from under Cinderella's castle. I know this one. Is that, is that how it is in Disneyland, one. maybe? In the, but not Disney World? No, Disneyland, it's the same. It's, they're both the same. You enter through Main Street. Oh, well, a lot of people... And I also feel like I remember... My mom has had that before. When I went back... When I, 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 last time I went to Disney World, before I turned 19, I hadn't gone since I was five. And I remember being there, my mom was like talking about the entrance and i was like that's not the entrance to disney world she's like yes it is and i was like no it's not you enter through main street you enter the magic kingdom through main street um and then my final one although i do have a long list of um celebrities that people just remember things happening to them especially dying when they didn't um uh my but my final one is actually a celebrity death but a lot of people have a memory of neil armstrong dying a year before he actually did Oh, or was it a year after he actually did one of the two? That's um, a weird one. I always feel like things with space are always extra weird. Like that, it's Neil Armstrong is yeah. very odd to me. Okay, and then here, yeah, here's all the celebrities. The spelling of Barbara Streisand's name, people are swear. It oh, because had more A's than it does. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it has less A's. Than it's just Barbara. It's yeah. just B A R B R A. I mean B A R B R A. Bra bra. Barbara. Barbara. Um, <laughs> Betty White is alive and well. <laughs> she is. May she live forever. She lives. Um, but people, some people swear she passed. Oh, let's watch the proposal. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's mostly just celebrities that people misremember when they actually died. And now I feel like I'm going to go out in the world and I'm just going to assume that everything I know is wrong and a Mandela I know. effect. Well, that's a, is there a Mandela effect that people remember Stephen King's name being spelled with a V? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it. What did Say his name again. Steve, Stephen King. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I was just reading a lot and I couldn't remember what we were just talking about, but I was like, wait, I'm supposed to look up someone. I was thinking of Steve Martin and I was just reading a sentence about a woman who was the widow of comedian Steve Allen. And I was like, Steve Martin? <laughs> it's not a lot. I was like, that's no, Steve the Martin's biggest one. I swear he's still kicking. I swear to God, he's alive. Oh, you know what was a Mandela effect for you that time we got in a fight over whether or not the line where there is kindness, there is goodness, and where there is goodness, there is magic was in the movie, and it was not in the movie. I swear! It was, I swear that line is in that movie. It's only in the trailer. I swear it! It's only in the trailer. That's a Mandela effect for you. She's, the mom says it when she's passing away. No, she away. only says it in the trailer. In the trailer, there's a shot of the mom saying it when she's passing away, but it's not in the movie. In the movie, she only says, have courage and be kind. 
I hate that. I hate that. It doesn't happen in the movie. I remember it so vividly. Uh, Because I remember leaving and being like, wow, I can't believe my favorite line in this movie didn't make it into the movie. (laughs) I swear, there was Jiffy peanut butter. And it was a joke with me and my friends. Like, why is there a Jiff and a Jiffy? I know Jiffy Pop is real. there was Skippy. There was Jiffy, too. I'm I'm telling you. I'm so sorry. Well, Pikachu doesn't have a dot in his tail, so... Okay, well, whatever. (laughs) All right, well, that's what Mandela effects are. Thank you for finally telling me, so now I know. For me, the the way that I used it the other day that you were like, I don't know what that is, was I couldn't find something that I swear I put somewhere, and then, like, a couple minutes later, I found something in a place that I was like, I've... I haven't been in that room all day. Mm, but my weird. phone was sitting there like I had been. <laughs> that's weird. It's like, why are my memories telling me something different than what is true? That's really weird. All that's right. Universe. Okay. Tell me so, on Reddit. Again, today is Monday. I forgot we were recording. So I... <laughs> It's fine. Didn't I tried for the past little bit to find me a Reddit section, and I couldn't really find anything that interesting. But here's what I found. I found two separate questions that both made me kind of go, huh. And the first one is, why do we gasp when we're shocked? I just tried not to gasp really actively. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do we suddenly need more oxygen that we have is to it go? Because <gasps> our, is it because of, like... Shock is related to fear, and our fear is so ingrained in, like, we're going to stop breathing and in death, so we take in more oxygen? I don't know. It must be, but I'm not totally sure, because no one on Reddit answered. (laughs) So I was like, well, what's the answer? Yeah, I would assume that that's what it is, that we shock, fear, like, your heart stopping, you're like, need more oxygen. And then the other one was similar in that it was, why, when we're trying to get someone to be quiet, do we go, shh? Which is similar to me because it's like one is like taking in air and the other is like breathing in a specific way yeah. that it makes a specific sound. But that one I feel like is more for like, I want to say the ASMR of the other person. Just be like, shh, 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 I mean, there's something relaxing about that. But why the shh noise? I wonder if, again, like it has to just do something instinctual, like something that we used to find really relaxing. I don't know. But it, you, I love when you're like in theater and you have to like teach kids like... <laughs> I mean, this isn't even a theater-specific thing, but, like, when you need people to be quiet backstage, don't go shh, because it just makes everything louder, and then before you know it, you have everyone shushing everyone, (laughs) and it's just, like, a large group of children being like, shh, 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 (laughs) and then, like, trying to get each other's attention that they're shushing the other one, and it's just an endless cycle. It's endless shh noise. And now I'm trying to think of other things that we do that are, it's like, why do we make that noise when that's happening? Yeah. And the only thing I can think of is when you're, like, angry. And you and go, and you, yeah, you go, or like you don't know what to say, so you just like say random sounds. Like, do you ever just be like, <laughs> like <laughs> I do all the time? <laughs> wow, I love that. <laughs> and I know Acting. some of it is me trying not to swear, but <laughs> it's fine. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. All right, that was a super <laughs> that was my derpy little reddit no i liked it these were good questions i like that they didn't have an answer we can ponder that for a while neither of them had an answer and i was like those seem like easy things we could answer if you want to share your answers with us you can email us i've been wondering podcast at gmail.com about what you think yeah i would also just like to say that a friend of mine recently pointed out that in my tattoo segment that i did a couple episodes ago i mispronounced the 
Maori people's names. I call them the Maori people. And I would just like to say one that I got the pronunciation from the documentary I watched. <laughs> so I Getting apologize. Defensive. It was the old white man's fault as it always is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Are you ready? I am. Okay. Make me feel scared. I will. So when we're recording this, it's Earth Day. And this isn't going to come out until the Wednesday, two Wednesdays after Earth Day. So it's a little bit in the past. But for us, it's super relevant. You should always care about the Earth. So happy Earth Day. Belated Earth Day, everybody. Um, Here are some things about the Earth that are going to make you sad. Um, So Jane asked me to cover climate change. And today... I, I was leaving work and I was going to another interview and I was like, well, let's just like Google climate change. And all the stuff that came up overwhelmed me so much. Oh, no. And I'm I had sorry. time to come before my job interview and I was in the NYU area. So I was like, all right, let's go hang out at the NYU bookstore. Now, when you don't understand a topic, there are many things that you can do. You could watch a YouTube video about it <laughs> or like a good elementary school educator. You can get an early reads book on the topic. <laughs> Before we started recording this, Sarah re- like padded her blanket and went, is my prop here? Okay, yes, it is. Good. But wouldn't tell me what the prop was. <laughs> so today at the NYU bookstore, I purchased What is Climate Change by Gail Herman, which is a part of that like, who is, what is series yeah. that's written for like elementary schoolers to understand topics. Um, I almost brought this bought an advanced like, like like adult academia book that was like environmental politics uh, introduction and then i was like no 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 i need to get the kids stuff um so i read this book on the subway ride (laughs) and i think my mom has that book it was excellent super comprehensive and i was like i know like very little about science at this point like I I took science classes but I've just blocked it all out of my brain so I need to relearn it and what better way to relearn this and this was such like a good it covered it so well and it brought it up so like this was published in 2018 so super recent and my mom doesn't have that book unless it's a Mandela effect for me that that book was written years ago no this is published up through 2018 like it's super up to date super recently very sciencey but also like really gets down to like the heart of it and I was like yeah I would like I would take this to school I would like let my students read it like I think it's I think it's really effective and I learned a lot so if you ever want to learn about a topic quickly (laughs) go to the kids book section (laughs) because I literally was standing there and I was like there's got to be a book about climate change in here this is NYU like (laughs) they're progressive so climate change so this book is a polar bear on the cover and the opening was all about the polar bears and I cried. It's literally about how the polar bears don't have a home anymore and they were declared endangered because their home was disappearing and it just made me so emotional. So the beginning's about the ice caps melting and about how polar bears don't have a house and they're malnourished and it made me really upset. Get out of here. It was super upsetting. I hate that. So, climate change. They can move in with us. All the polar bears. You can come in here. There's... We're not allowed to have pets, but every polar bear can move into our apartment. Yeah. I know they're not domestic at all. They're not domestic, and also they would not thrive in this <laughs> in this the polar bear in Lost? I was always worried about him. <gasps> oh my god, yeah. How did he get there? Well, they explained it. 
Oh, they did explain it. You're right. They did explain but it. But they didn't explain it in a clear enough way that I was like, oh, that's why. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> someone later had to be like, no, that that's what those cages were for, that they were, when they were trapped with the others. I was like, you're right. Yeah. It, like, wasn't clear enough. <laughs> no, they should have been like, it should have said polar bear cages. I need you to explicitly show me the polar bear in that cage. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so climate change. First thing to be very clear about. The definition of climate is weather over a long period of time. That's important. Super important. All right? Long period of time. When we say climate, we're not talking about it's hot today. We're talking about (laughs) it's been hot for 60 years. Okay? I'm trying to think of a hot 60-year-old so I can be like, it's been hot since for 60 years. (laughs) Oh, boy. Paul Rudd just turned 50. What? That is... That is mind-boggling. And I yet, know. Stephen he's Miller. a very hot 50-year-old. Anyway, climate change is a cycle, and it has happened before. Oh, right, because, like, there was an ice age. Not even that. So the Earth... B- think bigger. <laughs> so the Earth started as a hothouse. We've watched History of the World, I guess. It literally was, like, hundreds of degrees. Nothing could live here. And then it became an ice house, and then it became a snowball. And the reason that happens is because... Climate change is caused by CO2 in the air, and the balance of CO2 and oxygen create the climate. So there have been periods where there's been too much CO2 in the air, and there's been periods when there isn't enough. So when it was really, really hot, it's because there was all this CO2 in the air and nothing had nothing could grow and then some bacteria managed to grow letting out a little bit of oxygen which cooled down the earth until it became an ice house and Mm. then things were able to grow that let out more co2 that made it hotter again and then a snow and then it became a snowball so like somewhere in between CO2 levels are not inherently the problem like there's always going to be CO2 in the air yeah Carbon dioxide is not the problem. In the age of dinosaurs, CO2 levels were five times the number they are now. It's not about the fact that there's too much CO2. It's more about the fact that there's there's too much CO2 and the rest of the stuff that's happening isn't balancing out that CO2. Oh, That's okay. the issue. So the Earth has settled into a natural cycle of cool and warm climates. And each cycle takes about 100,000 years. So the most recent ice age that we think about, because like humans were alive during this ice age, so that's why we like we think of it as the ice age. Like that's been one of many ice ages that happen over and over and over again. Um, so, but the one we think about ended twelve thousand years ago. But even in an ice age, there are warm and cold climates, even though it's all in an ice age. So in an ice age, there's the glacial periods, which is the period when the Earth's orbit is farther away from the sun, and that's when it becomes really cold. And the Earth's average temperature is anywhere between 5 to 15 degrees Fahrenheit. That's average temperature. Okay. The interglacial periods are the period of warm climates in an ice age where the Earth is close to the sun. But again, it's all in an ice age. And did you know that we are currently in an interglacial period of an ice age. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Jane's staring off into space (laughs) thinking about that. So we are currently in a warm period of an ice age. We're in an ice age? Yeah, according to this book. Weird. 
super weird, right? Well, what's the Earth like when it's not in an ice age then? Like, what about what our climate is like now is different than it was before this ice age started? I mean, we're in an interglacial period, so like... Oh, like all human history has been in an interglacial period? Not all. Not all of human history, but all of modern recordable history mm-hmm. that we know of. I think that's what it's trying to say. Okay. But I thought that was crazy. This book is for children, Sarah. <laughs> what's important? I know it doesn't explain it thoroughly. <laughs> it's just meant to throw out fun facts. But if we are in an interglacial period of an ice age, according to climate expert Dr. Joseph Rahm, the Earth should be very slowly cooling as we move into a glacial period. That's what's important about it, is that we're on the outs of it. The Earth should be very slowly cooling, but it's not. It's getting oh. warmer, and that's the issue. Science is crazy, right? <laughs> so climate change, another problem is that it's also happening much quicker. It used to take mm. millions of years for the Earth's climate to change. You want the Earth's climate. The ideal climate is for the average temperature to be about 50 degrees Fahrenheit. And it used to take millions of years for that to raise or lower to make either an ice age or a hot period happen or whatever it was going to happen and for the whole climate to change. But now it's happening super rapidly. It's essentially like an exponential growth of carbon dioxide that's causing this like massive warming. The issue with CO2 is that the Earth's atmosphere acts like a greenhouse, hence greenhouse gases. Mm -hmm. Um, It traps the heat inside and with the right balance of CO2, things grow. Again, 50 degrees Fahrenheit is the ideal temperature, average temperature for the environment as we know it, as we as as modern humans Mm -hmm. know it. To be sustainable. But when you add more CO2 to the atmosphere, the greenhouse gets too warm. So the ice caps melt. And when the ice caps melt, the sea levels rise. Yeah. And that adds more moisture into the air, which adds more heat. And as the ice caps melt, as the snow melts, the earth loses a really important reflective surface of snow. Now, we need that snow because we need some of the heat to bounce back out. Yeah. But when the snow melts, because there's too much CO2 in the air, instead of the heat bouncing back up, the Earth is absorbing it. And there's a layer underneath the Earth called permafrost, which is a cold layer inside the Earth. And that is starting to melt, which is causing mudslides, which is continuing the snow caps to melt, Mm -hmm. which means that there's more water. So essentially, it starts bad and it just keeps getting worse because the problems keep piling as the earth gets hotter and everything continues to melt and there's more heat and more more moisture in some areas and then in other areas, there's droughts. There's a photo in the book of Lake Chad, which used to be a huge lake serving three different countries in Africa. And now it only has 37% of the water it had in the 1950s. And essentially, it all goes back to there's too many greenhouse gases in the air. So scientists agree that the rise in temperature, the overall rise in temperature Mm -hmm. that we are starting to see, began during the Industrial Revolution when people started burning fossil fuels regularly Mm -hmm. as a means of mass production. Mm -hmm. So this has been going on since about 1790s when the first factory was built. And then it like really became a big thing in the early 1800s. Scientists knew as early as the 1820s that CO2 helped keep the planet warm, but they didn't start charting global temperatures until the 1880s. So there's about 60 years in which they did nothing. They were like, it's fine. 
Well, did they even think to? Like, no, they I were mean, like, they were like, they knew that CO two was important, and they knew that like we emitted CO two when we did yeah. certain things, but they didn't really think about what the repercussions of adding more CO two into the atmosphere was going to be. Yeah, I feel like I fault them less for them just not having scientific knowledge they needed to be keeping an eye on that yeah then like the people now who have the scientific knowledge and are choosing to ignore it oh yeah so in 1896 swedish scientist svante arrhenius sorry if i said that wrong published the first model linking climate change to co2 emissions created by human machinery so at this point he was like it is us. It is the machines. There's too much CO2. You <laughs> literally can't ignore it. I know it. Okay. But Svante. many didn't believe him because scientists at this point had proved that the ocean could absorb CO2 and therefore assumed that CO2 isn't going to be much of a problem. They were like, okay, yeah, we're letting out more CO2, but the ocean's going to absorb it because the water does take in CO2. We know this. Mm. And they assumed that the temperatures would only go up a little bit. And what's a little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, in the 1950s, almost 60 years later, Roger Revelle discovered that the oceans have a limit to the amount of CO2 that they can <gasps> absorb. And it was happening much more slowly than humans were creating CO2. Yeah. So the oceans, he was like, that's not going to help. So... David Keeling, in the 1950s, Dr. David Keeling, established CO2 measuring stations, one in the Antarctic, in Antarctica, and another on a volcano in Hawaii. Now, the one in Antarctica closed after, like, five or six years, but the one in Hawaii still exists, and it's at the Mauna Loa factory. Um, And he purposefully chose these locations because they were far away from cities and far away from industries. Because obviously, if he planted them right next to these big industrial cities, the CO2 readings would be off the charts. But he wanted in a place that wouldn't be directly affected by it as a way to measure Mm. the overall impact of it. Yeah. The Maualoa factory still publishes their carbon dioxide readings on their website daily. So you can go in every day and see how they're reading the CO2 in the air. And in 1958, the observatories found that the CO2 in the atmosphere was at 310 parts per million. So that means out of every million molecules of gas in the air, 310 of them were carbon dioxide. Okay. That is not an unsafe number, but it had risen, I think, 30 in about 150 years. 30 parts per million in 100 years. Oh, jeez. That was in 1958. In 2016, CO2 levels reached 400 parts per million. So it raised 90 parts per million in less than 60 years. And that's very dangerous. So in 2010, a model made by climate experts reported that 74% of climate change since 1950 had been caused by humans. So again, it's it really is our fault. Like it's that just a- was the debate I would always get into in high school. My freshman year of high school, I was literally bullied because I was like trying to convince people that what we called it then global warming was real. Like this one kid, like got I got in like a Facebook fight with him because he was like, "But humans aren't causing it. It's just a natural thing that the Earth's doing." And it's I was like, not. "It's literally not." This one girl, literally, I. Went to a Halloween co- I went to a Halloween party. I wore a green fairy dress, 
and you've told me this yeah <laughs> i i think it was meant to be it was meant to be a fairy costume but i like wore a flower crown and yeah like a green sweater and i was like i'll be mother nature because i couldn't think of what to do i planned it very last minute and this girl followed me around the entire night lecturing me about how dumb it was that i was turning halloween into like a protest statement about global warming because it was fake and uh, like how dare i say it was really like ah she spent the entire night following me around and lecturing me about how global like uh, how it wasn't real and i couldn't up i'm sorry i'm having like ptsd no it's fine it's you were right it's super real so, like I said, in 2016, CO2 levels reached 400 parts per million, the highest CO2 reading that's existed in 4 million years. And just as a note, humans have only been around for 2 million years. So, last time <sighs> CO2 levels were this high, Homo sapiens did not exist. But, like, no homo, am I right? No homo, am I right? No, I'm kidding. Please, homo. <laughs> and in addition to the burning of fossil fuels, rapid deforestation is also having a huge effect because they're not a, there aren't enough trees putting out oxygen. The only way to balance, not the only way, but one of the best ways to balance out CO2 is to add more oxygen into the atmosphere. If you want there to be less parts per million, add more of something else. And what you need is oxygen. So Nixon, President Nixon, who mixed feelings, but... <laughs> He established Earth Day. The look she just gave me. Nixon, who flips hand back and forth, (laughs) makes face, (laughs) makes Robert De Niro face. Um, You know, a mixed bag. Um, He did establish the Environmental Protection Agency, and he celebrated the first Earth Day in 1970. So next year will be the 50th Earth Day. Um, And that this was like the first big government movement to like do something about what was happening in the 1970s. In the late 70s, scientists discovered that the chemicals in aerosol cans had made a hole in the ozone layer, and these chemicals were banned around the world, and good news, the hole is closing. (gasps) The hole is closing. Oh my gosh, that's a little bright spot in all this terribleness. And the problem with the the ozone layer is that essentially this, like, dangerous sun rays were getting through. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the problem with the ozone layer. That doesn't have so much to do with CO2. That's more... UV rays. Exactly. And- exactly. Um, in 1997, this is where you're going to get angry, because this is just where the United States just keeps messing up over and over again. In 1997... Clinton? What? Who was president then? Clinton. Clinton, yeah. Um, the countries of the world gathered in Kyoto, and almost 200 countries, including the United States, signed the Kyoto Pro- Protocol, an agreement to cut down on greenhouse gas emissions. Okay. However, there was no official law ever passed by the United States Senate to regulate this, and the United States did practically nothing. And in 2001, Bush pulled us out of this protocol um, because the government was worried that agreeing to cut down on fossil fuels was going to cut out a huge job market because there were so many people in America whose jobs were in coal and oil because those are huge industries and so he was like if I cut if I say that we have to cut these companies if I say we have to cut out their you know their product then they're going to have to fire people and that was they they were afraid it was going to cause an economic crash which in 2001 was a real like problem and threat yeah. Especially because we were getting ready to enter a war. So that was a real threat at the time that like yeah. saying we were going to do this was going to cut a bunch of jobs. Should we have figured it out? Yes. <laughs> Understandable in 2001. Okay. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I see you. 
But in 2015, I just feel like whenever people are like, but it'll take away the jobs of the people who work for coal and for gas companies and things like that. Like, yes, but jobs will be created in like right, but other in, forms of energy. Right. In 2001, creation. like clean energy, that that's an industry that has been growing exponentially. Okay. 2001, not not as big yet. You know, that wasn't yeah. as, as, that wasn't necessarily, they didn't necessarily see it as an option. Like, let's invest all of our money instead in clean, renewable energy. That didn't really occur to them yet at the time, hmm. you know? So that was the issue. In 2015, Obama enacted the Clean Power Plan to promote clean energy in the United States. That same year, get ready, representatives of almost 200 countries met in Paris and um, created the Paris Agreement in which they agreed that they would all take steps towards cutting down on carbon emissions and hoped that by 2020 they could stop global temperatures from rising to 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit higher than they had been during the Industrial Revolution. So we're approaching a threshold that now the average temperature is 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit higher than it was in 1790 yeah or yeah in 1790 which that doesn't sound like a lot like four degrees yeah but like if it's four degrees and that changes you know that's the difference between hitting the freezing point and not that's a huge deal yeah every year (sighs) so in 2015 the united states signed that agreement and then in 2017 this is like the worst thing i've ever had to read and i hate that i have to read it on earth day I know what it is that you have to say. Just say it. I know. In 2017, Trump pulled the United States out of this agreement. Stating <laughs> this is the worst part, in my opinion. Stating that it would cost too many American jobs, which is what, which is what Bush had said. Even though Amer- some of America's largest corporations, including Google, Apple, and Disney corporations, said that their that jobs would not be affected by a push for clean energy, and they weren't just talking about jobs in their industry. Like Google was like, "No, we've literally done the research, and it's not going to affect the job job industry in America if you push for clean renewable energy." Um, and today, I'll say, do you want the good news or bad news first? Bad news: the United States is the only country in the world whose name is not on the Paris Agreement. Let's move. Let's go to Canada right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, the good news is that many states have taken their own initiative and, like, kind of said that they are willing to follow the Paris Agreement of their cool, own accord. Cool, cool. And Hawaii has passed official legislation with that of, like, lawfully regulating carbon, mm-hmm. em- carbon emissions. Um, there are people in the government who are working to pass laws where they would tax people more depending on how much CO2 they're putting out into the air to encourage big corporations to use renewable energy. Um, And there are more jobs in solar energy in the United States than in the coal, oil, and gas industries combined. Just solar energy. That's that's so good. Yeah, so that's really good. So there are some hopeful things. Exactly. So on an individual level, like... We are lucky that for the most part in this country, Trump's decision to pull the U.S. out of the Paris Agreement is not reflective of this country's view on climate change Mm -hmm. as a whole. I saw this video on YouTube a couple years ago Mm -hmm. that when I watched that video, I was like, this is it. This is how we're going to 
solve climate change and i thought more people were on board and then it never happened and i was furious oh no but it was a good it, the idea was solar roadways have you heard of oh this? yes i did see i saw that video too i was like great we solve climate change yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no I'm, I'm i'm really into that but it's super expensive but like no one's doing it yeah but no. it's super expensive but wouldn't it like kind of eventually pay for it right well that's the thing it's, it's really hard to convince people that it'll eventually pay for itself and like to be clear where we're at with scientists and climate change now 95 percent of scientists agree that the earth's temperature is rising yeah like 95 percent of scientists are like this is happening and it's an issue uh, the people in high school told me i was wrong said yeah, yeah scientists will pay anything if you pay them I was like oh. no like they're all like no this is an issue so i'm going to explain what the argument against climate change is really besides people just like being in denial um, first of all, some say that a rise in temperature is a natural cycle, which it is. But remember that we are supposed to be in a cooling off period. We are supposed, yeah. the temperature is supposed to be going down and it's not. So that's the first problem. Um, some assume that we're going to adapt because we species have adapted to rise and fall in temperatures before. But the we're it's the earth is getting warmer faster than we could possibly adapt yeah it's happening too rapidly we're normally again it took millions of years for the earth's temperature to slowly rise so we could slowly adapt and we can't evolve overnight but it's like that's how fast it's happening like it's in the grand scheme of things it's overnight um at the end of the day, the split between the Democrats and the Republicans as far as, like, legislative, what they can do in the government to help with climate change, it goes back to the economy. Um, when the push for climate regulations first started becoming a political issue, the clean energy, like, industry didn't exist like it does now. Um, so cutting back on fossil fuels meant cutting back on production and industry. So the Republicans were mm-hmm. like, no, you're going to cost American jobs. Um, but now clean energy is more popular and more in demand. So agreeing to minimize the use of fossil fuels would not have the same economic effect. But essentially the divide goes back so far that it's like it's just become a partisan issue that people aren't educated on. So it's like, oh, yeah. we're Republicans, so we don't believe in that. When really it just is like, no, when this first became an issue in the 1970s, there were no alternatives. So they were like, well, we can't do that. It'll cost millions of jobs because America is one of the most industrial countries in the entire world. Um, Here's some sad facts. (laughs) Oh, God. 2001. No, sorry. 2000 to 2016 saw 15 of the 16 warmest years on record since 1880 they were almost consecutive do you understand yeah okay <laughs> sorry i know I, I, I was wrapping my head around confused. it for a second and i literally just got to like okay and then you were like wait you got yeah. it no i do droughts are becoming more common in east africa where somalia used to have a drought every a big drought every 10 years or so they are now happening every three to five years and everyone is accompanied by a major famine. There's a really sad part of this book that I was like, this is for children. That's about <laughs> this, like, terrible drought that happened in Somalia where, like, no one could get food and, like, thousands of people died because there was just nothing there. It's super sad. And it affects, it affects more than Somalia. It's a huge part of Eastern Africa, but Somalia was, like, the most affected. Um, a record-breaking... This is crazy, and I knew nothing about this. A record-breaking heat wave in 2010 in Russia killed 55,000 people because Russia was unprepared for such a heat wave, and they, like, 
literally just didn't store enough food or water and people died um because when was that in russia when 2010 why do i feel like i've heard nothing about that? i know we've heard nothing about this um but the temperature in russia reached over 100 degrees fahrenheit they're and like that's what, way up there yeah they're so like, that's super fun you always think of russia as being like the cold place yeah no it's yeah <laughs> that's not russia i know <laughs> No, I was thinking That's of Canada. I know. Or, no, or I like was thinking of this Sweden. summer. This past summer, I was in Norway in a heat yeah. wave. Um, and it, it yeah. was it was ninety degrees Fahrenheit there, and they all were like, "We don't know what's going on." And Norway's known for being a very green country, and it was very yellow while I was there because all the grass had died. And it's like, it's odd because that's a country that there's water everywhere. Like, you know, I was right in the fjord, so you would think that like, but it was still dry. It was so dry. It was so it was so bizarre. So it's really dangerous because like the earth heating like in some areas that means there's absolutely no water. Like yes, wildfires are going to get worse. And in some areas it means it's too there's too much water. There's too much wetness. Now there was a part of the book that they were like they have yet to figure out if hurricanes are linked to climate change or mm. not. Like there's just there's really not a way to tell yet, but that's something that some people are trying to prove, especially because well, there's been a lot Hurricane Harvey, yeah. Hurricane Katrina, Maria, mm-hmm, Maria. Um, this was this was written before Maria, but Maria, absolutely huge. Um, Hurricane Sandy, like, oh yeah, just major, you know. So that's like debatable if they're related, but it could it definitely could be. But even if the hurricane itself isn't created because of climate change, water levels are still higher. So it's still going to affect the amount of damage that's done if the sea yeah. level is just higher. There's a part where they're like in California and in Florida, they're moving, they're building roadways higher up because mm. the sea level's rising. Um, and like so this is happening yeah. and it's happening fast. <laughs> um, and it might not be fixable, but we don't know if we don't try. <laughs> it was essentially the book saying like... <laughs> If we cut back on CO2, it could be fixed or it might not, but you might as well try it. Um, so the book the book said to all the children out there, and now I'm going to say it to all of you, buy LED light bulbs. They use way less energy and they last 25 years longer. Jeez. Um, make sure you turn off your lights. Yeah. I'm use hybrid or electric cars or carpool <laughs> um, and invest in renewable energy. And also, like, this is just me saying this, like, Pay attention to who you're voting for. There's an election mm-hmm. next year, and I've heard a lot of issues come up that are obviously really important. We're all fighting for something, but at the end of the day, if... You're another day older. <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. This is a serious thing you're trying to do, and I had to make a Les Mis reference. I hate you. <laughs> no, but, like, if, if the people that we are voting for are not willing to put in the effort to save this planet, then at the end of the day, it's not going to matter the other things that they pass because we're not going to be here. Like, yeah, that's just the reality. <laughs> and that's all about climate change. <laughs> I need to read more of what was in the Green New Deal. <laughs> this you. book at the end was like, some more reading material for you. Hal Gore is an inconvenient truth. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there's like a summarized, um, like there's a young reader's edition, but I was like, what? (laughs) 
Um, but then also, like, they, they reference, like, you can go, you can go on the Mauna Loa Observatory and it'll tell you every day what carbon, carbon dioxide's doing in the atmosphere. Okay. Um, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration Climate Site talks about ocean levels and ocean temperatures and all of that and how that's going to affect it. Um, if you want to see something really sad, um, go read about the Great Barrier Reef and what's happening to that, because it's devastating. Um, and if you want to know something that's worth investing your money in, it's saving the Great Barrier Reef. I, I, my eyes are watering right now, but it looks like I'm <laughs> over yeah, here. I'm sorry. I really affected <laughs> you. I mean, that's how I feel, but that's not what's happening. I know. So the message of today is it's Earth Day. Put your put your effort into saving the planet. It really does matter. Um, my goal for saving the planet is planet is to eat less meat. But there are other things that you can do. You know, but there's like helps. little things that like add up. They like do. I know there's so many people who are like doing drastic things, like make like trying to limit their waste to like nothing. And trying to limit your waste is a really good thing to do. Mm-hmm. But you can also just do start with little things. Yeah, like, start small. If everyone in the world went one day a week without eating meat, it would make a huge help. If yeah. everyone, if every family had one of their cars being electric, that would help a lot. Like, yeah, little, little steps ways. you can take make a big difference. Yeah, there are little ways. You know, we live in we live in a modern world, and it's not realistic to be like go off the grid, like build a solar panel. You know, like that's not that's not realistic. Leave but there your are family small behind. Leave your family behind. <laughs> <laughs> There's not, but <laughs> if you go to AMC movie theaters, their fire warning at the beginning of the movie is like with, get out of the in theater the case and of move a fire, get out of the building and move far away. And every time Sarah. And I see that she goes, run away and leave your family behind. <laughs> that sounds like they're telling me to do. No, anyway, but sorry. But it's true. Like you can cut down in little ways and that will make a huge difference. You know, there are yeah. a lot of people on this planet. And if we all just put in a little bit of effort. All right. <laughs> that was a that was a downer. Let's get it back up. Let's get it back well, up. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at YKWIBW podcast. You can check out our website, I've been wondering.com, where I will post some not so depressing photos about climate change, and then I'll put some more factually accurate, but maybe depressing photos about climate change as well. And Jane will talk about the Mandela effect. <laughs> if you have something you've been wondering, you can email us at I've been wondering podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to know what you've been thinking about. And please tell us your thoughts on Jane's Reddit segment today, because I'd love to know. Love to know more about that. Yeah, I'd love to hear like in bodily, involuntary bodily reactions to just like emotions or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. Tell us about that. If you like what you've been hearing, please consider donating to us on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash YKWIBW podcast. Every little bit helps, Um, and we have some awesome benefits for being a donor. Um, You can find us on Apple Podcast. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, but please consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help a lot as we try to get the word out there. Sarah, you know what I've been wondering? What have I been wondering? What have you been wondering? I don't, I don't know what I've been wondering. <laughs> I don't care about what you've been wondering. What ha- Do you know what I've been wondering? <laughs> what have you been wondering? Who's Judith Clark? Okay, so I... 
Is this still relevant? Should I think of something else to ask you? No, this is super relevant because I know nothing about it. So this woman was a radical protester. Multiple people that we went to Muhlenberg with shared, shared this on Facebook because she was released from prison. And she was like a radical, I think, Zionist protester. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was, re- and I like, I just want to know more about her because apparently her release was a really big deal. Got a New York Times article. Um, so I want to know who she is. Okay. That's we'll find you, out. Yeah, that's what you've been wondering. Yeah, I was, Jane and I have a shared note in which we put in everything that we want to talk about, so that we don't just give each other and it's like fake, but we still have like some control over what we're covering. Because yeah, there's we a lot of things in here, so I'm still genuinely surprised every time. Yeah. Um. So we always like what we give each other. We have an idea that it's going to come up eventually. We just don't know when. Um. So, so we try to. Avoid I put it there because I wanted yeah. her to ask me about it, but now I don't remember what it's about. So I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I love researching current events. I love current. I love the news. All right. Cool. Jane, you know what I've been wondering. Sarah, what have you? This is the, the, what have. What ahead. have you been wondering, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> That's really cute. Um, <laughs> this is the opposite of current events. Jane and I have been really obsessed with this musical Six <gasps> that we just got into. She's freaking out. Um, that we just got into. It's this musical that's on the West End right now. Go listen to it. It's on Spotify. It's amazing. It's transferring the, to Chicago. Yes, it's transferring to Chicago. Like the and, musical. And Abby Mueller's going to be in it. She's going to be Jane Seymour. Is she really? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, it's absolutely amazing. It's a it's a retelling about Henry VIII's six wives. It's about them like reclaiming their story got some true bops in it and there's there's one queen who i knew absolutely nothing about going into this she's like not even on my radar but she sings an absolute banger in the show and now i need to know more about her and that is our queen and Anna cleaves you knew it was gonna be Anna cleaves that's good i want you to tell me about the life of Anna cleaves okay I was going to ask you to tell me about all six wives, but it seemed like it would take a really long time. And I was like, no, give me it an would. in-depth There's... all about Anna Cleves because we know okay. she was a queen. They and she's the one that like no one talks months. about, really. Yeah, no one talks about it. They were only married like six months or like yeah. eight months, I think. Crazy, short amount of time, but absolutely amazing woman. And if you want as like a fun bonus, go listen to Six the Musical and Song is Get Down, but they're all absolute bangers. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for listening. This is You Know What I've Been Wondering.